0: Welcome to the What Are Poems podcast, the only poetry podcast not seeped in pretension. This is the Big 5 50th episode of What Are Poems. We've made it, folks. We've been uh, reading, loving, journeying through poetry for 50 times now. For 50 times. So grab yourself a Pepsi and relax because we got another one here today. We still got work to do, we still got poetry to. Uh, to immerse ourselves in. How was your week? How was your Easter? Went to the Yacht Rock show uh, in Jim Thorpe, like I was saying, I was going to last week to the 12-minute quick Easter bit, and then I was headed to Jim Thorpe to hear some Yacht Rock. Uh, so we get there in Jim Thorpe, the Switzerland of Pennsylvania. It's me, uh, my dapper friend Will, and uh, MK, and Sarah. Um, good friends. You know, if we're doing couples things, that's the couple we're usually doing couple things with. So, uh, we arrive in the town. Uh, MK's got a Polaroid camera. Thing's not working. Get to that later. But we walk down the street to a small little bar, a craft bar. We sit there. I'm wearing my wilkes Berry hat. Bartender starts talking to me. She says, uh, wilkes I used to live in Forty Fort." I don't know if you know what Forty Fort is. It's down the road from Wilkes-Barre. 40, Forty men, women, children, settlers, settled in Forty Fort in a fort, and it was named Forty Fort. Uh, she was upset with the mayor, Forty Fort. He had knocked on her door and told her to cut her grass. He, uh, he was also cutting down the trees to make a b- bike lane. Usually pro-bike lane, but not pro-cutting trees down. So I also have a feud with the mayor in a town over called Kingston. Had this feud for many years. Um, it all started when he was wearing a Harvard sweatshirt in a small bar called the Amber Lantern. I bought him a beer. I said, nice sweatshirt. The guy next to me said, you know who that is? I said, no, I don't know who it is. I said, I just like a sweatshirt. You don't see a guy wearing a Harvard sweatshirt. I said, that's the mayor. He went to Harvard. I said, I don't give a shit who he is. He didn't thank me for the beer. Feud begins, you know. Then we're play- I'm playing the Mega Touch one night. Mega touch. It's like a trivia game you can play at the bar. Well, I'm a bit of a trivia whiz. Uh, so I'm cruising through it, and the mayor can't beat my high score, so he's upset at me. Then the feud ends. Me and the mayor are getting along for some time. Then my buddy Bob's shooting darts one night. Uh, the mayor steps in front of me and goes, Who does this guy think he is? The fucking mayor? I said, God, oh, Christ, here we go again. Yes, it is the mayor. So. This lady had a different view with a different mayor. A lot of feuds with mayors in this town. I don't like the mayor of Wilkesbury because he won't have a parade celebrating bees. Why do we have bees on our city emblem if we're not going to have people dressed in bee costumes marching down the street yelling, Free the bees? You know? And I think when we do have the bee parade, they shouldn't allow, uh, they shouldn't allow water so everyone's just thirsty. Everyone's dressed as bees, thirsty on the street. Then, then if people come to the town, they go, Oh my god, everyone here's so dehydrated. Yes, a very thirsty bee parade. Just an idea I have for my eventual run for mayor. But in Jim Thorpe the girl knew about Wilkes-Barre. She knew about everything, you know. So it was weird that we ran into someone about an hour from home who was who was well versed in, in the in the mayoral world around here. And then we go to another bar down the street. We see more people from Wilkes-Barre. Sarah's friend's uh mom was there with a, with a gaggle of people. So we're talking to them. Then we go in the bar. We meet this fellow named Bill. Uh, Sarah and MK are singing songs. They're always singing the songs. I'm eating a pizza burger. That's a burger with pizza toppings on it. Uh, so Bill's sitting there with us, and he enjoys the sound of their voices. He enjoys them singing. So I'm going, oh, okay. Whatever, Bill, you're not being too creepy, whatever. So at the end, he says, hey, girls, will you sing a song for me from the 1990s? Will you sing me a song from the 1990s? So they sing, Alanis Morissette's. Um, you want to know? He loves it. He's clapping. We get the hell out of there. We get to the uh, theater to watch the Yacht Rock show, and uh, sure as shit, uh, this woman's outside. She's saying, uh, "I hope my dog doesn't eat my bird." I hope my dog doesn't eat my bird. So we talk to her. We find out that her dog has previously eaten other birds. Uh so we met all these kinda different people in this town of Jim Thorpe. Then we're sitting down uh in the chairs, relaxing, at the Ma Chonk Opera House, a nice little spot. Uh you can't picture there being opera in there, but a nice little spot, about a hundred seater. So we're sitting in there and uh my friend Will says, Well it's been a great day. We're having a great day. Nothing can go wrong. I said, Why would you put that in the universe, you know? And it sure as shit about four eight-year-olds children surround us i go there it is they've come out they're here that's going to be our day now so i'm listening to the yacht rock they're playing all the jams hauling notes all that so i see the girls get up they get up in the, to the front of the stage they're dancing and who do i see pop up uh, uh in the darkness there but but bill from the bar and he's dancing with them and then I look to the left, and who's there with her phone, uh, FaceTime, and her daughter? It's uh, it's the it's the uh, bird, the bird dog woman. I couldn't believe it. Everyone was there. It was like the end of a movie, like the credits were rolling, you know. Bizarre. <sighs> that was my weekend. Hey, the fiftieth episode of what our poems. Her name is Gerda Meyer, Mayer. And she's got a pretty interesting life. And she definitely used poetry to cope, which I feel like we've all been doing for a long time here. Gertie, Gertie the Cat, the black cat, old black ass Gertie. Just got here. She's gonna sit with me for the 50th episode as my as my guest house. Can we hear a purr? That's her. Alright, I'll be back. Yeah, shut the thing off. We're back. This was the yacht rock we were listening to. We were all, uh, we were all uh, grooving to this kind of stuff. Little River Band. I never heard this song till that night, and I thought, boy, I, I be, I'm a, I'm a changed man now. You know what I mean? I felt it. I felt like I was in the late '70s in a white car, top down, looking over a mountain town. The, uh, the stars are twinkling. I've just, uh, I've just won the big football game. But I found out my grandfather was shot by the uh, by the nefarious wells in the town. You know, a cool, cool change. change for a cool change. People like sway to this. You know what I mean? Okay, enough of that. It was in my head since since I uh, went the Little River Band. Hey. You got a little, you got a river, you got a band, as they say. Gerda Meyer, Mayer. M-A-Y-E-R. Is that Mayer or is that Meyer? That's Mayer, right? Gerda Camilla, Mayer. She's an English poet, but she's born to a Jewish family in Carlsbad, Czechoslovakia, and she escaped to England from Prague in 1939, aged 11. On a Kinder transport, organized by Trevor Chadwick, having composed her first poem in German at age four, she continued her education in Dorset, and began writing poetry in English. She was published several volumes of verse, and her poems have appeared in many anthologies. She has been described by Carol Ann Duffy as a fine poet who should be better known. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do here, right? For Gerda, she recently passed away on. Uh, the 15th of July, 2021, she had a nice obit in the Daily Mail, uh, in an English publication, right? Uh, the Guardian, I'm sorry, not Daily Mail. Daily Mail's that scary one, right? There's scary news sources now, you know what I mean? There's no Walter Cronkite with the mustache going, we must we must read the news, no one's like that anymore, you know what I mean? We just have these these creepy these creepy newspapers with, uh, with shadowy figures running them, you know what I mean? Whoever thought that, like, now you'd have to be like, you read the Chicago Tribune, you had Roger Ebert writing up his reviews, everything seemed honest and good, and now you're like, who owns this thing? What am I reading? Like, my local news is owned by some shady conservative group in Ohio, for Christ's sake, you know, and you're just trying to live. You're like, is the local news have a conservative bent? Is this story about a lost dog or a new hot dog restaurant opening have a conservative bent? You get nervous, right? I'd have a little sip of Coke. Coca-Cola. Very thirsty today. I got the thirst. I'm ready for the bee parade. Um, so this is from her old bit. I'll just read that quick to you. It's a nice old bit. It says, my friend Gerda Mayer who has died age 94, was a talented poet with a gift for expressing the deepest of feelings in the simplest of ways. Her poetry is mostly observational, with its subjects being herself and those around her. As a child refugee whose family largely perished during the Holocaust, she had much more personal experience on which to draw. In September of 1938, just before the annexation of those lands, her Jewish family fled east to Prague. In March 1939, one day before the German army arrived, Gerda escaped to the UK by plane thanks to the efforts of her parents and a Dorset school teacher, Trevor Chadwick, who was part of the British refugee rescue team. Gerda initially stayed with Chadwick's wife and children, having been sponsored by his mother, Muriel, before moving to a local boarding school. So... She's part of this thing called Operation Kinder Transport, which, was, uh, which is pretty crazy because the big, the big thing for me is all the people that were saved from this from Czechoslovakia, uh, Austria, Germany, Jewish children uh, that were saved. We got a physicist, we have uh, painters, writers, uh, cookbook authors, the Olympians, politicians, mathematicians. Artists, uh, Canadian musicologists and librarians, uh, poets, professors, Nobel Prize winners, uh, theater and television directors, British sculptures. Uh, it's like incredible, you know, the ripples of this, this one thing, this one good act in the middle of all the horror uh, did so much for the future of the world. So basically, the, the Kinder Transport was an organized, rescued effort of the children from Nazi-controlled territory that took place during the nine months prior to the outbreak of the Second World War. The United King, Kingdom took nearly 10,000 predominantly Jewish children from the Germany, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Poland, and the free city of Danzig. The children were placed in British foster homes, hostels, schools, and farms. Often they were the only members of their families who survived the Holocaust. The program was supported, publicized, and encouraged by the British government. Importantly, the British government waived the visa immigration requirements that were not within the ability of the British Jewish community to fulfill. The British government put no number limit on the program. It was the start of the Second World War that brought it to the end, at which time about 10,000 transport children had been brought to the UK. So, uh, it's it's, it's pretty uh, wild stuff, you know, uh, so, uh, so Goethe's among the numbers. So, like I said, she's born in 27 in Karl'sbad, a spa town in the then-mostly-German-speaking area of Czechoslovakia. Her father, Arnold Stein, in a small shop in the town selling ladies' coats and dresses, and her mother, Erna, owned a knitwear business there. Meyer had an elder half-sister, Joanna, and her mother's previous marriage to a Roman Catholic. The family fled east to Prague because of Nazi annexation. The city had already was already home to many Jewish refugees from Germany and Austria, and Meyer's parents spent the next six months chasing between official offices and consulates in a vain attempt to immigrate. At a last resort in February 1939, her father made a direct approach to Trevor Chadwick. He's an Englishman who has organized the Prague End of the Kindertransport. So Trevor Chadwick... Uh, he oversees kinder transport and uh, he just goes to Czechoslovakia to accompany two refugee children back to Britain when they had been admitted to his school. He's just a school teacher. And then he meets another uh, refugee child, Gerda Meyer, in Prague. He interviews her and her family and he takes her along with the other two children. Um, so he's just like a, a school teacher, a, a nice school teacher who, who ends up saving children. Which is crazy, right? Like, who are we? You know, you you work, you wonder sometimes who we end up who we end up being, how we end up being. Um. So she escapes Czechoslovakia with this uh, Chadwick fella, um, and she moves in with his mother. Uh, her parents uh, don't survive; they're sent to a concentration camp in Poland in 1939. Oh wait. Meyer's father Arnold was sent to the concentration camp in Poland in 1939. He escaped and made his way to Soviet-occupied Limburg, joining Soviet forces and fighting for the Eastern Front. His last letter to his daughter was written in June 1940. Uh, describes how her father and a few companions were initially welcomed by the Russians, but she learned after the war that he had subsequently been sent to a Soviet labor camp where she believed he perished. Her mother was sent to a different concentration camp in 42 and then the following year to Auschwitz, where she died. Her half-sister, Joanna, was half-Jewish and survived the war, working as a bank clerk in Prague. After the war, she suffered from mental illness and was hospitalized in East Germany and died in 2007. So this is someone who's growing up in trauma. Obviously, you lose both your parents uh, in those circumstances. I mean, who who would... Uh... It's a certain... Uh, you wonder about that generation, don't you? the hardiness of them all the horror they saw and they just they just kept it inside you know what i mean they just kept it inside seeing all that horror and we're doing it again that's that's the neat part folks we're doing it again uh we're 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 uh, we're raising a whole new generation of children in uh, in uh, in horror we're we're allowing it to happen again us brave souls we need we need we need a few more Trevor Chadwick's in the world right now. Because this is one of those stories where it's not about the governments or the or the uh, treaties or the people or the war. It's a it's, it's small, tiny persons that make the difference that brought us to poems we're about to hear today. So she arrives uh, at the airport in the south of London with another girl hannah stern um and then they go to dorset by car and uh he's taken to chadwick's family's home where she's welcomed by his wife chadwick had remained with the main group and the following day set out again for prague which was now under nazi occupation a semi-fictionalized account of meyer's rescue is used for the character of hugo in the children's book war games Although Meyer generally had a good relationship with uh, Muriel Chadwick, they were not particularly close. And in 1940, she was enrolled at a boarding school. Here, her native language meant she was wrongfully perceived to be German, and she was then teased by other pupils. By 1942, the school was in decline, and she left to become a boarder at a different school, where she was much happier, describing it as heavenly. Uh, This co-educational, non-denominational school was founded in 1934, By a Quaker activist, Bertha Bracey, to provide an education for mainly Jewish refugee children from Nazi Europe. See another one. Bertha Bracey, a Quaker, is building a school now for children who are refugees. That's one person doing good in the world. That's the Ripples, folks. Uh, Three of Meyers' favorite teachers were there. A German language literature teacher, a music teacher. Uh, They're all celebrated in her poem, A Lion, a Wolf, and a Fox. A fox. At the beginning of 1945, Meyer left um, for Palestine, working on farms in Worcestershire and Surrey. But after 17 months, she felt no vocation for a life of the land, and at the end of May 1946, moved to London to take up office work. She became a naturalized British citizen in 1949, following the marriage to Adolf Meyer in September of that year. He, too, came to England in 1939 as a refugee, and in his case, from Vienna. He served in the British Army between 1940 and 46, and then worked as an office manager. In 1960, he set up his own import business, where Meyer helped with clerical tasks whilst working on her poems. So, much of her poetry draws from the trauma of her uprooting and loss of her family in 1939, but her creativity was apparent many years before that. In fact, her first poem was composed when she was just four years old and was secured by her father. A journal he had uh, in a baby diary, a journal he had kept from her birth until her departure from Prague that year. At school in England, her reading was soon on par with other classmates, but poetry took much longer to catch on. As you recall in 2009, my first English poem written at the age of 12 was no better than the one I had composed at the age of 4. And a poem I wrote at the age of 16 was on level with the one I had written at age 11 just before leaving home. During the 1950s and the 60s, her her output increased. And in 1975, her first major collection appeared in Treble Poets Too, She continued to have poems published in magazines and anthologies and appeared regularly at poetry readings. On one occasion, speaking at a festival. Further collections were published, including two for children, with many poems written specifically for that audience. And 2013, saw a selection of her poems translated into Norwegian. Meyer's most powerful poems speak of the loss and longings, but a deep sadness... So in some of her poems, such as Poetry Doesn't Move, Meyer doubts her talent, she's sometimes inclined to agree with her father who once told her despairingly, nothing will ever become of you. So that wasn't true. Um when we come back we'll do a poem we'll do a poem buyer. We'll do a poem buyer. Alright, stay tuned. We're gonna do a poem buyer. Bar. Oh, you know what I wanted to mention too? Uh the US, the old United States, the uh, the the uh, the good guys, as it'll be portrayed in all sorts of film and television and and, 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 uh, and the consciousness of the American of the American mind. Uh also try to have a program where we where we would uh, stop the visas and let all the let all the children in. Uh, to the U.S. But, guess what? One guy. One guy. I want you to remember his name. Robert Rice Reynolds, or R. Bob as he was known, stopped it from happening. In the United States, the Wagner-Rogers bill was introduced to Congress, which would have increased the quota of immigrants by bringing a total of 20,000 Jewish children to the U.S. during that time, 1939. But Robert Rice Reynolds, R. Bob... Wouldn't let it happen. He uh, He's a U.S. Democratic senator from North Carolina from 32 to 45, so the perfect years for him to be in power with his stupid fat head. Um... Almost from the outset of his Senate career, R. Bob, as he was known among his local supporters, acquired distinction as a passionate isolationist and increasingly an apologist of Nazi aggression in Europe. Even after America's entry into World War II, according to the contemporary study of subversive elements in America, he publicly endorsed the propaganda efforts of Gerald L.K. Smith, whose publication, The Cross and the Flag, violently assailed the United States war effort and America's allies. One of the nation's most influential fascists, Smith likewise collaborated with Reynolds on The Defender, an anti-Semitic newspaper that was partly owned by Reynolds. So, there's another guy. For every Chadwick, Trevor Chadwick in the world, we have a Robert Rice Reynolds, don't we? It's all about the uh, balance. I'm a Libra. I like balance. But I don't like that. So, uh, we got Poets... And we got assholes. And sometimes, like in the case of Ezra Pound, we have asshole poets. I'm so thirsty. I don't think I'll ever not be thirsty. That's the thing in my family. My mom's my mom's been drinking about. She probably drank about four thousand diet cokes trying to trying not to be thirsty. I say, have a water. You know, maybe the diet coke's what's making you thirsty. <laughs> As I drink a freaking, the big boy cup from, uh, from Wendy's, or Wendy's as some people say. Remember Dave Thomas? My father blew up. Did I ever tell you this, Did I ever tell you this story, guys? My fa- Speaking of trauma, sometimes it just trickles back and just, it's right there. When my dad, my dad went out to a well house when I was a child and, uh, we had to turn on, a, we had to turn a. I, I sound like I lived back in, like, uh, like in the black and white times, but we had to turn a little light bulb to keep a pipe from freezing in the well house, so my father goes out there, and he turns the, he turns the bulb, and boom, there's gas in the air, and the whole well house fucking blows up, and he blows up, and he's bleeding from his head, and he's, and he's, uh, screaming and he's exploded you know and he's in the hospital for like weeks with tubes in him he sounds like <sighs> i go uh, i go in there i say oh man he looks like darth Vader and he, and he and he mumbles the first words he's spoken in months he says get him out of here get him out of here <laughs> but i was good through all that you know cuz uh, i'm good in a in a trauma situation i tend to be unless it's like yesterday when uh, elliot had the mouse in his mouth and i jumped up on a glass table and said oh god elliot um so i didn't cry or anything i was just staying with my grandmother my grandmother was getting drunk watching penn state football i was uh, had my nervous belly so i i uh, i remember that i uh, cl- i uh, I clogged her toilet and there was water going in everywhere. I had to get my brother and my sister we were trying to sop it up and thank God she's so drunk in the living room she never suspected anything was going on. but man, that water leaked down to the basement. I clogged her up good. I was using a cup and trying to put it in the bathtub. It was terrible. uh any hoodles. so that same week, my father was in the hospital blowing up uh, Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's dies. well. Then came the waterworks. I cried. I cried like I don't ever think I've I've cried since. I was moaning, crying. Not Dave Thomas. No. Such a friendly face. Came to my living room uninvited constantly. An adopted child trying to get children adopted. Selling always fresh burgers. Never frozen. Dave Thomas. King of men founder of wendy's anywho that's just some uh, that's even uh, compared to a uh, gerda's drama you know what i mean that's just trauma that that i had uh you know just from like a, a week a week went by with that trauma and then i was boom crying like a like a lunatic because of dave thomas's death but really i guess it was about my father blowing up you know what i mean but i'm, I'm, I'm an american male so uh Repress the emotion is usually how it goes. Here's one uh, from Gerda called Well Caught. These days I'm in love with my face. This growing round and genials have become, an, become older. In it I see my grandfather's face and that of my mother. Yes, like a ball it has been thrown from one generation to the next. Think on that. We do, right? We do start seeing our our parents and our and uh, and and our grandparents and our faces and our hands and everything, you know. You know, as you get older, as life continues to tick on. I don't know, folks. That's the 50th episode of What Are Poems? We did it. Uh, wait, I'll come back with it with a mm, with a poem. Okay, hold on. all right this is my poem called winter check it out when you crack the windows to let out the long and boring conversation you had with winter winter droned, droned on and on about nothing at all saying things like i went down to Cranton's and i bought a new suit it's brown not sure if i like the color but it was on sale do you think i look okay in brown and it's like just shut off winter Or winter is like, do you have any tea? Oh, no, I don't like that kind. I only drink chai tea now. Do you have any chai tea? And you push winter out, and you're so happy for a minute, and spring only stays for that minute's time. And then it's summer, and summer is like, let's party and sweat. And you miss winter, because you're human and never satisfied. Remember this song? Time for cool change. hey thanks for staying with me for 50 episodes I appreciate it listen to Cool Change by the Little River Band today relax feel good we're still on the journey folks we're still on the journey until next time peace and love peace and love Beef Jackie